This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're bringing birth home in episode number 86. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi. This is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and I am thrilled to be bringing you the podcast this week. I am even more thrilled to let you know that we have a guest on the podcast. This week, I was able to chat with Star Manili from The Mother Magazine, which is an awesome holistic publication that's supportive of moms and families. What we chatted about today was a topic that is so near and dear to my heart, and I I talk to moms who are planning all kinds of births, and I know that this podcast is reaching all kinds of moms, dads, families, and y'all have different plans for your babies, but I've had my babies at home, so home birth is near and dear to my heart, and it was a lot of fun to talk to Star. First of all, because she's from the UK, where home birth is much more uh, perhaps accepted and the norm than it is here in the United States. It's not seen quite so much as a fringe hippie movement uh, there as it is here, so that's always fun. But especially just talking to to Star and hearing the tips that she gives about birth, about creating a safe place for birth, that was it was wonderfully refreshing for me to listen to, and I hope that you'll enjoy listening to it and get a lot out of it too. With that, let's go on into the interview now. Hi, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and I am thrilled to have a guest on the podcast with us today. Uh, it's been a little while since I've gotten podcasts rolling regularly, and so it's been a little while since we've had a guest, so this is really exciting. And I am super excited to have Star Manili on the podcast today. She is the editor-in-chief of The Mother Magazine, which is a natural, holistic parenting publication that's read in over 30 countries worldwide. The Mother Magazine explores every aspect of natural parenting, including fertility awareness, conception, peaceful pregnancy, gentle birth, full-term breastfeeding, co-sleeping, natural immunity, attachment parenting, education, even parenting teenagers, and finally, but certainly not least, nurturing oneself on the path of motherhood. So hi, Star, and welcome to the podcast today. Hi, Kristen. It's, It's a real honor to be here. Thank you. I'm really lovely, excited to chat with you. Great. Okay. Let's start by Star. Can you can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the Mother Magazine? Sure. Yes. Um, so the Mother Magazine has been around for about fourteen years, and I've been the editor for the last two of those. And when I was um, a bit of a younger mother, and my kids were a bit younger, I came across it, and it just resonated with me. It just ticked all the boxes. So I subscribed, and I read it, and I loved it. And then I I submitted some articles, I quite like writing, and and she published them, and I kind of just grew up with the magazine as my children grew older, and then when the opportunity came for a new editor to come on, I ju- jumped on board, and it's been such a great journey since then. Well, that's cool, that's cool. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about you and your own mothering journey. So you mentioned your little ones. So just... Tell us a little bit about how it started. Like, what did it look like, your first pregnancy? What what did you consider with, with pregnancy and birth choices? I've been hearing so many moms lately talk about, you know, what's the thought process? How do I make these decisions? And I feel like sharing from another mom's point of view is really valuable for them. I think that's, I think that's a great point, Kristen. 
Um, yes. So I have four children, and they have all been born at home in the UK. And home birth care is really simple to have. It's completely legal and accepted. So you can either opt in with our National Health Service and have a home birth, or you can get an independent midwife, and I've I've experienced both. And when I felt pregnant, I was here, and I registered with our local hospital, and then I got a doula on board because I was quite far away from my own mother. So I got a doula on board, and she said, I think you should consider home birth. And home birth was absolutely not a new concept for me because I'm the eldest of six, and my youngest three siblings were born at home. And I had the fantastic opportunity of being with them and being with my mother and seeing them be born. So the idea of a home birth was really, yes. And actually, I think that's one of the most important things because I was, I was totally open to the idea. I had seen a woman labor. I had seen her give birth. So I was really open to the idea. And, and so we went from there and I was able to have a great home birth that time. And then, um, my other children have also at home. Okay, so did with you said that you experienced, and and I think this is great because I'm obviously in the United States, and so it's wonderful to hear moms who are in a different place. So you said you've experienced both the NHS home birth and also having a home birth with an independent midwife. How did you, you know, which pregnancies did you make those decisions in, and what influenced those decisions? So my eldest, my eldest, my son was with the NHS, and. Um, I had a really great doula with me at the time. So I didn't know who my midwife was going to be on the day. And I went into labor on a Saturday, and they even we called in and said, you know, I've gone into labor, can you send someone out? And they kind of back and forward with us for a bit saying, well, there isn't anyone on duty. <laughs> and we said, well, please find, please find someone. And <laughs> my doula and my husband were really quite firm, and then they sent someone out. And... My doula really was the the constant in my pregnancy and my birth. And when I felt when I felt pregnant with my second, I just knew I wanted a constant midwife, so I didn't have to have that bit of stress in labor. And so I I hired an independent midwife, and I had the same midwife with all three of my girls, which was extremely special. Yes, yes, I've had I've had well, I had the same midwife for my first three, and then my. Last four, I've had the same midwife we moved, um, and that was just really nice. So I love that continuity of care, too. And I think it's important to let moms know um, that they have options uh, to be able to have that. That's very cool. Well, I think, okay. I think so because, Go ahead. I mean, one of, the, one of the things that I found so important during my labor is because I had seen and I was familiar with home birth, um, I wasn't scared of it. And I think it's so common for women to take fear into birth. And that is absolutely the thing you should not have. I mean, fear is the enemy of birth. And so many women haven't seen labor. They haven't seen a woman labor, they ha- which is such an, an experience on its own and can go on for days. And I mm-hmm. think it's really important that women not take fear into their birth. And, and having a consistent midwife is one of the ways to do that. And that was extremely important to us. Yeah, so if a mom, what do you think if a mom really hasn't seen birth or shoot? Because like you said, most of us, we've never had that opportunity, and that's one of the things that, that makes me happy that my eldest was a daughter, and so she's gotten to see some of her siblings be born. But, you know, most of us don't have that. So how do you, you know, what are some of the ways that you think are good 
for a woman to work with that fear and just to let go of that as they get ready to go into their birthing time. Well, I think if if a mother makes a conscious decision to to surround herself with positive stories, it's really easy to be surrounded by horror stories of birth. Yeah. And and I think if you make a conscious decision to surround yourself with positive stories and to learn, um, you know, read Ina May Gaskin's books about what labor is like and what labor looks like because birth is a small fraction of what labor is because labor can, like I said, go on for days and, and sometimes a lot longer. And if, you can, if you're prepared for this kind of a journey and you've surrounded yourself with positive stories and you, and you feel confident, then you have a much better chance of having the kind of birth that is gentle and safe and empowering. Oh, yeah, I love that. I love what you said about it being a journey. Just think about labor as a journey. That's just a beautiful word picture there. Okay, well, so I, I laugh a bit because I always get, at the end of my pregnancies, I start to get Braxton Hicks contractions, and they get more and more intense as I go along. And I finally have just decided I, am, I think I'm in labor for six weeks, <laughs> and, then it's, and then I go into transition. So... Um, and I, I watch other women, and they have a few twinges, and they get really scared, and they think this is it. And labor is definitely a process, and it ebbs, and it flows, and having yeah. a baby is just the last part of it. <laughs> yes, I think, oh, that's just, just so beautiful, that ebb and flow, and that thought, just that journey thought, that's really nice, really nice. And I think encouraging, I think it's encouraging for moms, too, because we hear so many horror stories, and we hear that. You know, oh, I had this labor that went on forever and it was terrible and I couldn't take it. But when, but when we think that that ebb and flow and that journey and that time is normal and that women have been doing this and can do this and our, you know, our sisters and our friends and our, the, the women around us are doing this, it, it's encouraging, don't you think, to know that this is something that we can do? Well, absolutely. And I was really blessed on, my last pregnancy, um, one of my friends gave me this poster and it said something like, you're giving birth with all the women who have ever gone, given birth. And that is such an empowering thought that you're not alone. You're, you yes. might be in the throes of intense contractions and you might be saying to your midwife, I don't, I don't think I can do this anymore. But you're absolutely not alone because all around the world women are giving birth and all Chalcedon women have given birth and it's absolutely normal. Yes, it's just wonderful. And my, my very first midwife, her name was Charlie, I, I said that to her, I just don't think I can do this. And she looked me in the eyes and said, Kristen, you are doing this. And it just, exactly. it was just so powerful, you know. She just affirmed that you don't need to doubt because you already are. And I just thought that was beautiful. Exactly. That's fantastic. I love that. <laughs> yep. Okay, so well, I, when I was so, in labor with my last one, I said, "Oh, I don't want to do this anymore." And my midwife jumped across <laughs> the bed with rescue remedy, and then I carried on. <laughs> yeah, and it's so nice. I mean, I th- I just think midwives they just they're just wonderful because they often just have this sense about exactly what you need, and doulas too can often do it. And it's just it's very nice to have that support and to know that there are women out there that are wise and have that have that for us even when we feel like we might doubt ourselves or when we don't want to continue on with it. <laughs> exactly. Well, I when I when my midwife walks in the door, I, my typical thing to say is, I think I'm ready to push. And she says, yes, I can tell. 
All right, so in, I know for you, especially being in the UK, I mean, the UK has even recently published, like, official, official recommendations um, that moms, or at least second-time moms and low-risk moms and everything, have have a home birth. But many moms, like, especially here in the United States, it's seen as kind of like this fringe and possibly dangerous movement that's gaining popularity. So how... You know, how do you reassure moms that home birth is normal and safe and that mom can do it at home without access to, say, the pain medications that she would have at a hospital? Well, I think, I think women should really take to studying a bit because as soon as you open any research that's credible about birth, it proves that birth is safe. And, yes. And I mean, and I mean research by, you know, Anna Megaskin, Michelle O'Donnell, etc. This research proves that not only is birth safe, but the process of natural birth is quite important for the development of you as a mother um, and for the development of the infant. And I just think if you're feeling scared, just take a bit of time. You have it, and just learning. I like that. You have the time, so take it. Yes, it's just, I think now, I, there's, there's this school system in the United States and their little slogan is, um, is knowledge is power. And they're always talking about that. They have it on their walls and everything. And I thought that was inspiring, so I'm always telling my children that. And I think that's so true for pregnant women too. It's like when you do the research, when you get the knowledge and, uh, and Star mentioned a couple of authors. Another of my favorite is Sarah Buckley. Her work is just yes. so wonderful and affirming for how birth works. So that's just that's wonderful. Now let's let's talk a little bit about pregnancy too, because obviously we're doing this knowledge and this research in pregnancy, and pregnancy is, as you said, the actual birth. And even when we look at the grand scheme of pregnancy, the, the whole of the labor, even if it lasts a while, is a small part of it. And one of the things that that the mother says that it does is it helps us to focus on peaceful pregnancy. So what? How does a mom really take care of herself and enjoy pregnancy? while also doing this research, you know, how does she balance stress and knowledge and and dealing with the world and what they say and what she wants, the messages she wants to get about pregnancy and birth? Well, um, our current issue is called, it, it's themed Mothering and Intuition. And the whole entire issue is about how important it is to listen to our intuition. And that means shutting out the books, and I know I just said research, but shutting out the outside world and really listening to what you think you need. And, and that will lead you to the right books and the right people and the right thoughts. And I think that's really yeah. important, to, to choose what you're reading and choose what you're surrounding yourself with and, and close off the rest of the chaos around you. And that's one of the best ways, I think, to center yourself and prepare in the best way. Yeah, so that's nice. I like hypno baby Jesus. The imagery of kind of kind of what you're going to allow in your in your bubble. Exactly. And I think that that's an that's an important thought. Is what are we going to let in? And another thing that I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but this is one of the things that I tell my um, my birthing class students is that that when we take those because we often hear you know don't get too intellectual or whatever during birth or don't, you know, don't spend too much time pouring into the books or, or get too locked into one childbirth method. And I always share with them that I feel like uh, that when you take and you 
and you really listen to yourself, or when you study and then you find something that resonates with you, like the authors that we're talking about or the positive uh, empowering thoughts about birth, when we take that and that resonates with us, then that actually becomes part of that, you know, internal instinctual strength and knowledge that you have. And then that's there for you to call upon during your birthing time. And I think that kind of ties in with what you were saying about, you know, get that, get the right knowledge and choose who you listen to um, rather than just letting in the world and its messages, varying messages about birth at large. But when you choose that positive message, that becomes part of the strength and even the, you know, that instinctual knowledge of birthing women that they pull together and then we have to pull upon when we're birthing our babies. Well, I think I absolutely agree with you because I think sadly, if you, if we were in a different time and our mothers and our sisters and our, and our aunts and our midwives rallied around us at birth, we would be able to go with the flow a bit more. But we, our culture is so afraid of birth and birth can become such, such a medicalized and have so many interventions happen so quickly that I think it's imperative that women really study leading up to birth. And then they can let go and they can go into the birth place and um, and that's fine. But if you're not ready, you can get swept up in a, in a stream that you really don't want to be in. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so what's what is would be general general advice that you would give to a mom who is planning a home birth? I know we've talked a lot uh, about things, but just about preparing or even preparing her space or that sort of thing. Well, I I think <laughs> I kind of laugh at myself because I I think I prepare the least for birth. Um, so <laughs> I, I I follow the list and I check off most of the things, get towels, get you know, food, <laughs> but um, I've never used a birth pool, and um, so honestly, there there isn't a lot you need. You need a safe place to give birth, and that is the most important thing. So whatever you do, just make sure you're in a safe place, and that could be, if that's your home, then make sure that your home feels safe to you, because that's when you're able to give birth the easiest and, and the safest. So make sure that the people that are going to be with you make you feel safe, and sometimes, and for some women that does or does not include the, the, the husband or the father, um, sometimes I, I know someone that uh, she kicks everyone out of the room and has a baby by herself and then calls them up when it's, uh, when it's done. And the most important thing is to feel safe, and you must do whatever you can to create that kind of an environment. Yeah, I love that. And I think I just... I love the way that you said that, the way, what makes you feel safe, because I think that creates a strong distinction because we... We have this perception that safety means per, or that perhaps medical technology equates safety, but really that that's not the case, and that's not what research proves to be the case for birth. Because as you said a little while ago, um, birth is safe, and so when we support the physiological processes of birth, we create safety. And what supports that is for a for the birthing woman, for you, dear listener. Um, to create that safe space for yourself, just like Star was saying. So you have to make these decisions on who you want there and what kind. And some moms do feel safer at the hospital, but I really think that um, that a lot of moms feel safer at home. And like, and Star said earlier that she uh, that her doula suggested a home birth, and and I saw something 
online recently, I think it was on Facebook, but some ladies were chatting and they were saying that, you know, if you're hiring a doula to help to help advocate for you and keep everybody out while you're at the hospital and, you know, just guard your space, then maybe what you should really be asking your doula is if she's willing to come be with you at home because that's what you really want. So, um, so I just, yeah, I think that's beautiful that just make sure that you're creating that safe space, just like our mommy, mommy cats and mommy dogs want <laughs> to have their babies. <laughs> Well, absolutely, and also, I'm. If you if you're new to birth and you're and you're carrying a bit of fear and you think that the safest place to be is a hospital, I think it's really important to sit down and ask yourself why you feel that way, because yeah. when you go into labor land and you're in contractions and you're, you're actually trying to bring a baby into the world, you you don't have the capacity to argue with things that you don't agree with, and and nor should you and. So I think you need to ask yourself, why do I feel safer at hospitals? Because I'm closer to certain equipment or certain procedures, and why do I need that? Because if you can create a safe environment at a hospital, that is fantastic. But it, it's likely that you will, in, on the day, perhaps not feel that it was just as you wanted. Right, right. So, yeah, so you look at what creates that safety and also look at, and how much, you know, how much battling am I going to have to do to have the birth that I want as a, as a trade-off even for this safety um, and then look at maybe is it safer or would it be better for me to be at home where I can have a midwife who's skilled and where just really allowing physiologic birth to happen the way it's supposed to is going to create a lot of safety without perhaps having all the battles there. That's a good thought. Absolutely. That's a good thought. Well, I mean, Ina McGaskin says the way to get a baby out is the same way you get it in. And yes. that doesn't happen in bright lights with lots of people and machinery around you. And I think you really need to focus on whatever gets it in needs to be the same environment to get it out. Yes. Yes, that, you know, that dark, quieter, or with your choice of music or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, and it's that safety because, I mean, how many of us would be able to be intimate when we, I know some people do because researchers study them, but, you know, most of us couldn't <laughs> imagine that. Um, and, you know, with bright lights and machinery beeping and everything, it's like what you would think that that would be exactly the opposite of what you needed to be in the mood. And really, because having a baby involves all those same hormonal systems, um, you need, you know, it's, you're right, you need that. As Ina Mae says, the same thing to put the baby in is what will get the baby out. So, you know, I think it's love. What do you need for love? So, Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so you mentioned daddies a little bit, that some moms do want daddies there and some moms don't want daddies there. I've always been one too. I want, I want my husband there, but I do know that there are some women who don't. And then there are some women who... Uh, who worry about, you know, daddy doesn't seem to be really into it or he's not into a home birth or he doesn't know what his role is going to be. So what 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 do you think about for a mom who's in that place where she's trying to figure out these daddy kind of issues? Well, I think um, my husband is is a great birth partner. And so I I really need him with me when I'm when I'm in labor and giving birth. But there is a lot of compelling research that says that what a woman needs is darkness and solitude. And sometimes um, a husband or any birth partner can can throw her off and very easily because it's kind of a delicate balance when she gets into this place. So I think 
that you need to be just be open-minded about your circumstance and the people who are in your life and who your birth partner is going to be. And, and if they're better standing outside the door and guarding your space, that's where they should be. And if they're better being downstairs or being in the car, <laughs> that's better because um, they your birth partner needs to be a guardian of your space and they don't need to hold your hand and tell you when to breathe. They need to guard your space and then you can give birth with the birth partner that you know is the birth helper that you really trust. Yes. Yeah, so I like that. And then, too, what when we think about siblings, have you included siblings at your baby's birth, or why or why not? Well, my children, my children are very close together. They're all just around two years and a bit less in age apart from each other. So um, they, they were always in the house, but I didn't know if I would be able to manage birth with toddlers crawling all over me. So at my, <laughs> at my at my birth, I always had someone there that could whisk the children away if if I needed them to. And I always found that in the in the very last minutes of birth, I did need them to be whisked away so I could so I could do what I needed to do. And then straight after they came back in. So, but every woman is totally different. I would just maybe suggest that you have someone available if possible to to manage the children if you need them because you never know honestly you never know what you're going to feel like in those last minutes you can you yeah. can think you're going to know but you absolutely don't know what you're going to feel like yes yeah i know that with mine um that i've always had a helper when i've had children at the birth and my helper actually um with my second baby asher um i had a helper there for Cassidy, and she was fabulous i don't know I don't remember this at all, but she somehow managed to balance Cassidy on one hip and take beautiful photos um, of Asher's head crowning with the other hand. And so I treasure those, but I don't, I don't even remember them being in the room. So I was just too busy working. Um, but then with my, with my third baby's birth, Cassidy and Asher were there. And again, we had a helper and I had a birth tub for that birth and they came over and started splashing their hands in the tub, which was not working for me. So they were, they were whisked away. Um, so, and then I had, I had, um, I've had a couple where everybody slept through the birth. And then we had Corwin's birth. My sixth baby was nice because, because my three eldest were older. And then we had the little ones. And so we had the older ones told, you know, that they could help comfort the little ones if necessary. But that if they heard that the baby was coming and they happened to be in the bedroom, like it was nighttime, that they could come out. But they must be quiet and save any questions until after. After the baby's birth. And so that's actually kind of what ended up happening because uh, we had a birth pool again and it was an inflatable birth pool for that baby and the, the little pump was extremely noisy so it managed to wake the three big ones up once that started inflating the birth tub and they came out. I'm trying to remember what their ages were at that point, but they were, you know, probably 12, 10, and 8, I think is about where they were. So my eldest was 12 and so they just came out and sat and watched very quietly. They didn't say anything unless the midwife asked them a question. So they were really good, and that was fun. My littlest one slept through it. But I, so I think that, um, and I think it's valuable, especially my eldest being a girl, like I said earlier, to have her watch. But I think that it's good to have somebody there for the little ones so that, you know, whatever you decide. And then our seventh baby, Sadie, who's 10 months old now, everybody slept through her birth, and my midwife didn't make it on time. <laughs> So it was just Scott and I for the birth, 
And that was, it was a lovely birth. The midwife got there probably 10 or 15 minutes after she was born. And when they were coming in, that's when when everybody else woke up. So then it was a nice family time. But it was just beautiful for um for it to be just Scott and I, just that intimate intimate birth. It kind of embodied to me what that safety and solitude and, you know, that love that brought brought the baby in brings the baby out. And it was just that nice moment. So I think that that's, it's really good for women to know that they have options and that they can include their little ones and don't need to feel guilty if they decide they don't want their little ones there when when they're really working with the new baby. So I like that. Thanks for sharing. And let, thanks for letting me share for a minute there, too. <laughs> well, and I think that's really special because um, labor and birth is it, it, just being in the house. You don't have to be at the actual birth of the baby to get a real sense of what's going on and to have as a young child, to have those memories stay with you. Yeah. Your mom's at, your mom's at home. She's giving birth. People are being quiet. And, and those memories stay with children. So they don't have to be right with you if you need that time to growl and pants. But yes. just be, being in the house is the most important thing, I think, if, if that's what you feel. Yeah, and that gives them, you know, they just have that sense of what's going on. And I don't know, maybe that maybe that writes something in our little ones that will come back to them when it's time for them to birth or for their wives to birth. And I think that's valuable as we kind of try and change change the legacy of birth that we're giving to future generations. I like that. That's really nice. Okay, Star, well, is there anything else that you would like to share about about your thoughts on pregnancy and birth or anything you'd like to share about the magazine? I'm, I forgot, totally forgot. You can let everybody know where they can where they can find out more about you and about the Mother magazine, but maybe any parting thoughts that you've got? Well, I'm, I'm just really, I'm really honored to be able to speak about birth. I, I told a friend who happens to be a doula the other day that I was getting, going to be able to just chat about home birth the whole time, and she's like, oh... <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's just such a pleasure to just be able to speak about home birth. And I think we're making some really great strides online and in general that home birth and natural birth and empowering birth is a lot more common. And I think that that is, is such a great and important thing and kind of work that you're doing is so great and important. And so, so thank you and thank you for having me on. Oh, I'm just I'm I'm so excited to have you on because like I said when we were talking about doing this that I taught birth all day long uh, um every day pretty much taught pregnancy birth and baby but but home birth is so close to my heart because that's how I chose to have my babies and I, I help so many women and and many of them choose to birth in hospital but but my heart is really there and home birth and so I was just so thrilled like you were to think about doing an entire podcast episode where we can just talk about that and talk about preparing for that and the, and the beauty of that and the journey of that. So I, I appreciate you being here and thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, maybe we can do it again because there's always more to talk about birth. <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. Okay, so tell, tell us where we can find out more about the Mother Magazine online. Uh, certainly. So um, our website is www.themothermagazine.co.uk, and that's co.uk. And we're on Facebook as well, okay. The Mother Magazine. So you can connect with us both places really easily. Cool. Yeah, so y'all just type in The Mother Magazine at Facebook, and they'll pop up. And I'll definitely I'll put the URL in the show notes, too. But, um, but it's a lovely magazine. And you can get, um, for those of us who aren't in the U.K., we can get a digital edition, right? Yes, in fact, there's 72 back issues, and they're all digital, 
and they're available. And so it's actually a really handy and easy way to read it. Cool, cool. Well, thank you so much for being here, Star. I really have appreciated it. Thank you so much, and and um, yeah, thank you so much. I'm really, really pleased. All right, thanks, Star. I just want to thank Star again for that awesome interview, and I hope that it meant as much to you as it did to me. With that, remember that you can find out more about Star by checking out the Mother Magazine. They do have digital copies, so no matter where you are in the world, you can subscribe and get that awesome information too. Also, please remember, share this podcast episode. Share the podcast in general. It was a lot of fun because I went to a nurse's appointment the other day, uh, and somebody in the office told me that she had heard my podcast, which is really cool because I think um, I think that's only like the second time I've ever met somebody who in person who has listened to my podcast, and the other person was like, at a midwifery conference where both of us had traveled. Um, So this is like the first time I met somebody local who would listen to my podcast. But even if you're not local to me, when you share my podcast and tell other people about the podcast, it means so much. And it means that that more moms and more parents get this information and this knowledge, just like Star and I were talking about. And her mission with the Mother Magazine, my mission with the podcast, and with naturalbirthandbabycare.com. We just, we want more moms, more families to know about natural pregnancy, natural birth, um, holistic parenting, and all those things. So if you take a minute, even if you can take just a few seconds to leave a rating in iTunes, it means so very much. Or if you can take a couple of minutes to type out a review, that means so much. And of course, I always like hearing what your thoughts are. I like hearing you know, how I can improve. And I especially like hearing what you want to hear about on the podcast. So definitely let me know. But again, take a minute, head over to iTunes, leave a review so that more people can find the podcast, and let me know through the contact form on natural birth and baby care if there's anything you want to hear about. Be sure to check out The Mother Magazine and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.